Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. You can find more of them like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcast. Simply search the KYMN Radio Podcast. Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell, along with uh, City Administrator Ben Mardig. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming in today. Yeah. At council meeting last night, a lot of things really on the agenda. You had some presentations, mm-hmm. you got to take care of some business and some uh, acknowledgments and boy, a lot of things. So yes. why don't we get into it? Okay. Uh, first of all, let's mention that the, uh, the uh, poster contest winners for stormwater pollution prevention uh, were presented last night, a bunch of young kids, and uh, they're teaching yes. teaching good things in the schools. Yeah, absolutely. So this is part of the city education of stormwater runoff pollution. They had 66 posters that were submitted from second grade through fifth grade, and each of the winners received a Culver's gift card and pool pass for the top three posters in each grade. And so we had some of them there last night to really highlight their artwork, and that was really a lot of fun. So yep. Grades two through second through third grade students that were winners first place Aliyah Manuelson, second place Liv Nelson, third place Ada Thorek, honorable mention Vigo Bergs and Alana Newland. For grades fourth through fifth grade, it was first place Greta Peterson, second place Penelope Johnson, third place Lola Bellman, and receiving honor honorable mention were Bryn Baller and Megan Ladd. Uh, it was just, it's always so fun to have our younger generation, right, there in the council chambers, and they provide a lot of, I don't know, energy and fun, a reminder of why we're always there. Uh, we're serving that future generation. So it's fun to engage with them on something that really is uh, important to keep into account as they grow older, right, and own homes, businesses, and maybe future elected <laughs> officials. You just never know. So it's just great to have them in there. And you went from one end to the spectrum of the spectrum to kind of the other. Age-friendly Northfield was the next presentation. Now, tomorrow we will have uh, David DeLong on, uh, who gave the presentation yesterday. Uh, So we'll kind of skip over that a little bit. But is there anything you want to comment on about age-friendly Northfield? Well, the topic has been arisen. Just in general's background for when Mr. DeLong comes in to talk about it, the city has supported uh, age-friendly Northfield. Uh, The city's been designated through AARP on that. We have a $25,000 service contract, and despite COVID, they were actually busy helping in the response to COVID, creating community resource guide that was distributed both in English and Spanish. A really telemedicine guide was prepared that was useful for people to understand how to um, be able to, to use uh, medical services remotely, either through phone or video, to assist. So they worked with the local med- medical different institutions, and they're working on a whole bunch of other things. And so we're appreciative of the work that they're doing to advance uh, age being an age-friendly community. All right, and we'll have more on that uh, tomorrow. Uh, Representative Todd Lippert uh, gave you a legislative update. Uh, anything specific that sticks out within that uh, that affects local city government? I'll go, and then I'll let Ben clean up. Right? <laughs> um, just really appreciative of Representative Lippert's service in our community, and I know he's been working really hard to get out there and report back uh, to the cities that he represents, and he's always really great just being accessible to the general public. So it was great to have him there last night. He really talked about uh, some additional funding that they had. They were able to work through as one of the only uh, – 
divided governments by political party really in the nation. So additional funding for education, health and human <laughs> services, including adding support wages for personal care assistance. And that is something that's been highlighted and been really an issue in our community as you look for those individuals that really support our older adults and those with disabilities in our community. So he also mentioned some additional uh, efforts with regards to climate and stormwater runoff flooding issues that he really worked on within the community as well as some police reform. So I'll let Ben clean up right on that end, but just really appreciative. We are, uh, Todd does such a great job representing our community and being here and being available to the people that elected him. So, All right, Ben. How much to clean up there? I think the mayor covered it pretty well, but uh, maybe just to follow up, too, on the police reform, you know, one of the biggest challenges facing our law enforcement, too, with the heavy just load that they have to deal with is mental health challenges um, in our communities. And so they passed Travis's law, which really um, lays out a new process related to emergency response related to mental health calls, where... Um, there's a response now that's there's going to be a new three-digit number system that comes into play related to mental health calls. And there'll be a response that comes out uh, with professionals in addition to the law enforcement. We already do some of that with through partnerships. But there's going to be a more formalized process. I'd actually encourage you to probably talk to their county officials about um, what's cha- uh, what's changing with that because they're really responsible for leading that effort mm-hmm. and uh, I know they're sorting through all of the details about how they're going to do that looking at how they're going to have staffing and resources available to assist um, in uh, with and work in partnership with our police and law enforcement as it relates to mental health crisis calls that come in so that certainly was a big one and uh, looking to see how that plays out. All right. I want to spend a minute talking about something that you had on the uh, consent agenda and also on the uh, public, uh, I think is a public hearing on that. Uh, in regards to the Northfield Depot, there were a couple of things there uh, in recognizing uh, the depot as a, a local heritage preservation site. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful job the volunteers have done with that. I mean, they've really set the table for a transit hub there with a lot of uh, hard work. I mean, I Alice Thomas and her husband, mm-hmm. I see them out there every yes. day when I drive by when I'm going home. Mm-hmm. They have done a lot of work, and what a wonderful job. Yeah, they really have. And mm-hmm. I talked a little bit about that at the council meeting last night, just as being on the council from the first time that they were actually seeking permission from the city to move the depot over there and knowing that it almost didn't happen. They almost didn't have the support from the elected leaders and the administration of the city. And people really worked hard to rally around their vision for what they wanted to see accomplished. And really, if you, on one of the PowerPoint slides that Alice Thomas showed last night, it really showed what that that Q block looked like prior to them moving the depot. And they've really just done an excellent job of capturing the progress going from old dilapidated building, uh, abandoned vehicles, uh, utilizing the site for extra semi-truck parking, and with it being right in the center of our community and the place where everybody drives Highway 3. If you're going south, you're going on Highway 3, right? Right on down to Fairbell, and it sends a message when we take good care of our community, and they've just done a phenomenal job of capturing uh all of their their handiwork and they had people with skills and I think Alice said last night non-skills which might have been me if I were asked to lay some brick or something 
But uh, they really, uh, just so many people rallied around this effort and really made it happen and volunteer-driven and people with really a strong heart for history and for our community. So it was just a, it was great. Mm-hmm. It was a great job. And Transit Hub is really going to be uh, the next step uh, that that will be going in adjacent to the depot. Probably, I think we're supposed to be going out for bid or approving plans for that sometime this fall. Oh, really? That soon? Wonderful. Constru- uh, construction next year, we'll see the, <laughs> whether we get the whether we actually get the bidding this fall. I think we'll be definitely doing the uh, design work yet this year. All right. Um, and was that uh, so? Will Nor- that be a, a local heritage preservation site? Uh, is that uh, something that you do, or the state does, or? So uh, the the action the council takes basically submits it on um, then through the process to get the formal certification. So we have a two-step ordinance reading, but that's part of the process for it. And I'm really excited about that to get that designation um, in the level of, like the mayor was saying, to the level of detail into the historical research and trying to make Mm -hmm. it historically specific to what it was at one point in time when it was there was exciting uh, as well and just uh, yeah so this is part of the process for the council to approve that to be submitted on for the designation uh, at the federal level all right Uh, let's talk about the issuance of uh, bonds uh, general obligation bonds we talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago Uh, when uh, about four and a half million dollars roughly of general obligation bonds what was that for and uh, tell us about that process Yes, yeah, so I'll just start out by saying it, it seems like for a very long time we've consistently said what historically low interest rates we've been in, for particularly for municipal government. But I think we set an all-new record from what I've seen uh, last night related to low interest rates, and that's just wonderful. An interest rate of 0.85%, uh, 0.85% uh, on the uh, interest rate that we have related to our uh, projects uh, for 2021 projects that we have. So we're able to reduce the debt some. We've dropped down our estimated annual tax cost by $13,000 that would savings to pass on to our taxpayer. We got a bunch of bidders on trying to get the debt from us. And um, Northfield's um, got an extremely high credit rating with a double A, which is the third highest that you can get under Standard & Poor's independent uh, rating analysis which puts us in about the top 15th to 30th percentile across the entire United States. So really excited about our uh, low interest rates and um, uh, good to see that these independent people believe Northfield's a strong community to invest in. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's move on to one final thing on the regular agenda. And um, that was uh, concerning the uh, Millen Overlay Project uh, for next year. 2022. Uh, Where's that going to be at? Tell us a little bit about uh, what the plans are for 22. Yeah, and I was just struck. I mean, we were having a conversation before when we were talking about our regular agenda and wondering whether or not they were connected. Well, the first one is with regards to the bonding, right? Was with funding uh, the financial uh, funding of the street projects that happened in 2021. So past that last night and right on the heels of that, we're talking about 2022 uh, new street projects. And this happens every single year, every Mm -hmm. single year. Right. And so our city staff probably have this down. Right. But those of us that come in new, either as elected officials or as community members, because the street project affects us, right? We're not necessarily used to the cyclical nature of funding street projects and getting um, projects up and going. So this 
the second regular agenda item. We only had two regular, um, but we did have public hearings and a few presentations as well as multiple things we covered on our consent agenda. I'm getting there, Jeff. <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay. A little roundabout way yeah, here. That's okay. So, uh, so last night we talked about the feasibility report for the Northwest Area Millen Overlay. Mm-hmm. And so each year we, we alternate generally from a street project on the east side versus one on the west side. So next year, it's the Northwest Area Millen Overlay. And so last night was that first opportunity for us to really discuss from that feasibility report the design of the particular streets that are being recommended for improvements. And some of those will be including bike lanes and sidewalks. Some of them, um, the sidewalks and bike lanes are primarily driven from two plans primarily that were adopted by the council pre-COVID are pedestrian and bike friendly safety plan right that where we have that overall connection throughout the community how we're connecting people via pedestrians bicyclists motorists right well not motorists for the bikes and pedestrians but and then we all also had the safe routes to school plan in terms of getting moving kids throughout their different neighborhoods neighborhoods and really across town providing safe routes for kids to be able to get to their elementary schools and the middle school and high school. So there were some different uh, segments of the project, not primarily the mill and overlay, but really the bike lanes. What's being recommended is a cycle tra- cycle track. Is it a Shero? Is it separated uh, bike lanes? Um And where are the additional sidewalks? So the council had that opportunity to just really walk through each one of those, give some additional feedback, because on September 7th, we'll have that opportunity then to prove the feasibility report, right? It's that next step. And uh, previous to this, we've had an open house uh, with a neighborhood, And then we've had people contacting us via email or phone calls as well. So this is that opportunity to bring it all together, find the place of agreement on design, right, uh, for these different areas before we actually move the project to the next step, which would be September 7th. So, gosh, that was a long haul. Sorry. (laughs) Well, you're talking about all the the street (laughs) projects of 2022, so there's a lot of things going on there. And so uh, as far as the timeline goes, we've got all that information now. Uh, Will uh, will those designs be approved uh, in in September, or is that still, uh, what's the next step, and what are the next couple of steps in that process? Uh, Yes, that would be the schedule would bring back to the council the opportunity to consider action. Um, Sometimes we've taken longer deliberation on it to make sure that they get it right uh, as a group and really vet the different issues. Uh, But staff will be taking, along with the consultants, the feedback from the council. As the mayor said, there's been a number of options in some particular areas uh, that they asked for some additional focus on. So probably be uh, zeroing in on those particular areas to come back with more information and options for the council to give feedback on it but yes it's uh, coming back here in september for consideration of the feasibility report and then from there they put the construction plans and all of that into place and so um like the mayor said multiple levels of feedback from the residents uh, kind of looking at the community as a whole the council weighed in with some individual testimony too and concerns raised that we'll be uh, continuing to take a look at too Mm -hmm. all right anything else before we let you go 
No, I would just say if people do have interest in that, the specific recommendations with regards to the street project Northwest area, just know that we've heard those and the original recommendations that came forward where staff have been adjusted. And so what was presented to council last night, particularly with North Avenue, we received a lot of feedback and input on that one. Uh, Spring Street, Cannon Valley Drive, the Highland Avenue, um, and Ivanhoe Drive sidewalk and the St. Olaf Avenue bikeway are some additional ones that will be receiving some input. And I would like to just highlight, uh, we have uh, new owners for the Arden Hills. It's Flaherty's Arden Bowl. Uh, they've been in business since 1938, family-owned business. So they purchased our Jesse James Bowling Alley. And last night, I believe we we approved their liquor license uh, there. And it was just really great to have another family that is owning and operating. is going from one family to a different family. Uh, so Daniel and Adam Flaherty uh, were in attendance last night at our meeting. And it's just great to see that that opportunity for, I don't know, what do you call that? Uh, adult recreation, bowling, <laughs> if you like to bowl or if you like to That's throw some gutters. Too. I throw gutters. <laughs> I mean, they said last night that, I'm, no, I'm not a good bowler. But it's just great. It's great family, fun time, you know, and it serves such a purpose in mm -hmm. our community for really a long time. So it's great to see that another family that's uh, been in the business the bowling own, of owning bowling alleys is purchased Jesse James Lanes and just encourage people to go on out and support mm -hmm. them. Yeah, they're forming fall leagues right now. I can't wait to yeah. get back to bowling. The day uh, we, we got the Monday after uh, defeat days is All our right. first day of the new league, so I'll be looking forward to that. And I'd like to say a big thank you to Terry and Julie Heilman for 45 years yeah. of owning and operating uh, Jesse James Lanes. They've done a great job. So I've just loved bowling there. They've been, yeah. uh, they're good friends of mine of course through the years and yes. wonderful people and uh best of luck to the uh, flaherty family yeah. as well looking forward to bowling with them yeah all right That's great thank you so much for coming in we appreciate it and uh, we'll see you again next week thanks thank you northfield mayor rada Pownell and city administrator ben bardig rich is up with a quick update after this Purchasing a home is a big decision, which is why your mortgage should be carefully considered. At Community Resource Bank, our lenders have decades of experience financing everything from starter homes to dream homes and refinancing or remodeling along the way. Go online to crb.bank to do a quick calculation to see which mortgage is best for you and how much you may qualify for. Or stop into one of our branches in Cannon Falls, Roseville, Northfield, and we reopened our downtown Northfield location. Community Resource Bank. Let's bank together. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport is hosting a job fair tomorrow. The fair will feature over 750 full-time, part-time, and seasonal positions from more than two dozen companies that operate in MSP. Some of the employers have indicated they will even be offering jobs on site. So come prepared to be interviewed, have a copy of your resume, bring a pen with you. MSP's Patrick Hogan says minimum wage at the airport was increased to $14.25 an hour last Thanks for listening to this KYMN radio podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it interesting, consider leaving us a review and sharing this podcast on social media. You can find more podcasts like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcasts, simply by searching the KYMN radio podcast. And of course, you can listen to us live on 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and on our website. KYMN is your home for real radio, true variety, 24-7.